Jesus Bible and Current Events from a Christian Perspective, Battling Spiritual Wickedness in High Places, One Podcast at a Time. This is the High Places Podcast. Hello again, everyone. This is Jim. Sorry for the uh, delay between episodes. Things have been busy, uh, but a lot has gone on uh, since we last talked. Uh, So let's uh, catch up on election 2020. Uh, People jumping in the race, people not sure if they're going to jump in the race, people talking about jumping in. So I uh, read something today that Beto Beto O'Rourke, boy, has too many O's too close together, um, says he's not going to run for Senate (laughs) in 2020. I don't think that's what everybody's been wondering about. Uh, But some people speculate that means he's going to run for president. Um, it's, uh, great. It says a lot about this country where you can lose an election, uh, in your home state and then run for president. Um, so, uh, well, good for him. Um, so we'll see what, I still don't know what any of his policies are, um, or what he like stands for other than, I guess he's supposed to be some young Kennedy-esque type of guy, but. Um, did anyone outside of Texas know who he was before he ran against ten, Ted Cruz and lost? I don't know. Um, he's got a foul mouth, though. Apparently. Made a comment after after his loss that uh, uh, was not particularly poetic. Uh, anyway. Uh, and then um, Bernie, good old Bernie. I heard that uh, his uh, treasure trove uh, was up to 10 million bucks the first week after announcing. Wow. So there's a lot of people out there for, uh, out there for Bernie. But, uh, yeah, I guess he, I haven't seen uh, any polls, uh, recently, but, uh, he was, they were talking about he was the, like, top guy until, of course, Uncle Joe Biden gets in the race, which it sounds like he's getting closer. Um, he said that, I think I saw a quote from him the other day where he said that all the closest people around him, his family, even his grandkids want him to run. Um, so sounds like he's laying the groundwork for that. Uh, but that's going to be interesting because that's going to be a, uh, battle for the heart and soul of the Democrat party. Uh, actually I think that battle's already won, uh, between the young Marxists and the old Marxists. Um, but the only question is, uh, when the young Marxists will get to declare victory either in 2020 or 2024. Um, but yeah, they're talking about, you know, Joe, he's like, uh, is he going to be exciting enough? Cause you got all this, uh, stuff going on with, uh, Medicare for all. And I think they're going to even, uh, some bill is going to be brought to Congress. Was it today or is it tomorrow? Um, have like a hundred uh, Congress people are going to submit a bill for Medicare for all. I don't know how on earth they're going to pay for that. That's like Medicare is the entitlement program that's bankrupting this country as it is, and you're going to expand it. And I've seen figures like an extra three trillion dollars a year, two and a half to three trillion. The federal budget's four and a half trillion, so. What is that, like 70, 70% increase in the federal budget? Wow. Wow. 
I guess you just print that money. Uh, be sure to buy gold, gold and silver because if they got to print that much money, uh, your dollar isn't going to be worth anything. Um, that's an extra extraordinary amount of money. And that's not even the Green New Deal part yet. So who knows how much more that's going to cost. Uh, maybe it was the Green New Deal that was $3 trillion. I can't even keep them all straight. These numbers are so huge. And there's so many like free free things that everybody's talking about. You can tell there's an election uh, coming up if uh, the politicians uh, keep talking about free stuff. So, um, so yeah, we'll see if... Uh, We'll see what happens with Joe, and if he does anything, he'll be the conservative uh, in the race on the Democrat side. Um, but you know, people are—I—I I read in articles that yeah, you know, Trump's unpopular, but he could still win because uh, he's got his base, he's got his thirty-seven percent. They're never going to go away, and so the battles for the independents. And so, um, yeah, do you wind up? Uh, scaring away the independents and having them stick with Trump just because, you know, again, he's, he's a known entity now and he doesn't seem quite as shocking anymore, I guess, because people are used to what he does. Um, but can you imagine just uh, let your mind wander for a bit? Can you imagine the level of vitriol if he actually wins in 2020? Can you imagine there were riots in Berkeley <laughs> after the 2016 election when he won in Berkeley. Uh, they were like trashing Berkeley, the liberal bastion of the West Coast. And um, and that was when he just won the first time. Can you imagine after like four years of the media and everybody else like pummeling this guy, if he actually won again? Ugh. The Marxists would uh, go crazy, and the media would be absolutely apoplectic. They just wouldn't know what to do with themselves. And, um, yeah, it would be nothing but pounding the drum for impeachment for, you know, the next four years. But the interesting thing is, if the Democrats run someone um, who's older, someone who's moderate, one of the old guards again, and they wind up losing... Um, because the old guards don't seem to do very well. Hillary didn't do very well, and uh, John Kerry didn't do very well. And so um, even you go back to Al Gore, uh, and people talk about, that's funny, the twenty or the 2000 race with Gore and Bush. Everybody wants to focus on Florida, but everybody forgets that Al Gore lost his home state of Tennessee. If he just would have won his home state, Florida wouldn't have mattered. Uh, anyway. Um, but that's another subject. Uh, but the moderates, you know, not so good. So can you imagine if they nominate Joe Biden, another establishment moderate guy, they'll have to put someone young on the ticket with him because, uh, the same with Bernie. Well, Bernie has enough gumption. He might, you know, run for a second term if he gets in the first time. But Joe, man, at some point you got to think he's going to be tired um, and so that's how you counter the age thing by having someone really young on the, on the ticket with you who can take over for you. Um, but if someone like Joe, uh, gets the nomination and then they lose in 2020, forget about it. Um, the, the young Marxists will own the Democrat party. They will own them. The old guard will be gone 
Schumer and Pelosi and all those those old kind of quote unquote moderates. It's funny to consider them moderates now. They'll be gone because the the radical young Marxists will just they'll say enough enough. We're not going to do this again. Uh, and you might have this because if you get someone like Joe, the same people that supported Bernie Sanders and stayed home in 2016, uh, they might do the same thing. They, uh, the Democrats, Hillary couldn't put together that Obama coalition again uh, in 2016. And so, um, yeah, th- uh, that would be uh, something. And then uh, the socialist stuff would just go crazy. Socialist Marxist stuff. It just sounds almost, it's, it's like polite to call them socialists. Um, and so you can, you can envision, um, the Democrats taking over both houses of Congress in 2022, because that'll be like the only thing they can think of to stop Trump and, to um, and to try to get him impeached. And so they'll have to try to take over the Senate. Um, and it, uh, who knows uh, what will happen. But if that happens, then 2024, um, that's when the Marxists win the presidency. And then you've got Marxists in the White House and Marxists in Congress. And it's over. <laughs> it's over at that point. We are a Marxist nation officially at that point. Um, so... That's to me, that's why 2020 is going to be so interesting. It's not necessarily the result of 2020 itself and who's going to be president, but the downstream effects. Um, and so you can imagine uh, all sorts of scenarios, um, uh, almost all of them terrifying. Uh, so, yeah, so good to keep an eye on this election. This election, yeah, everybody says, you know, this is the most important election of our generation and da 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 And this upcoming one, it might actually be true this time um, because of all the downstream stuff that's going to happen in 22 and 24. And the fact that uh, the Marxists aren't even, aren't even afraid to talk about uh, these Marxist things anymore. I, there was a poll done here. Let me bring it up. There was a poll done just a few days ago, I think. Opinion, public Opinion Strategies did a survey. 77% of Democrats believe that the country would be better off if it were more socialist. 77%. How do you get 77% of any group to agree on anything? But 77%. But there's still a majority in this country that... Um, don't uh, want the country to be more socialist, but it's fifty-one forty-five. That's not that's not much of a majority. And while someone may say, "No, I don't want to be socialist," but then if you say, "Well, do you want free health care?" Oh yeah, I want that. How about free education for your kids? Oh yeah, that'd be great. How about uh, you know guaranteed job? Oh yeah, that's terrific. How about uh, guaranteed housing? Oh, fantastic. So. They they may not you know admit to wanting to be a socialist, but they, a lot of people would like all that free socialist stuff. But seventy seven percent, yikes! So uh, there's your future, America. Um, wow, so that's pretty good. So what else is going on? Oh, another week, another fake hate crime. Let's see, where is this one? This was a pretty good one. 
Uh, oh yeah. Uh, an activist, LGBT activist in Michigan. They said she burned down her own home, but that isn't completely true. Um, she burned down the home she was living in, but it was a rental. She burned, <laughs> burned allegedly, uh, burned down someone else's house. Nikki Jolie. That's a, a transgender man. I can't even keep everything like straight, like who's a what now. And there's just all the labels are stumbling over each other. Uh, she's a woman <laughs> who cuts her hair short and wears a tie. Um, so burned down the house she was living in and, and her five pets were inside. And so the pets got barbecued. Um, and they were, they were invest, the FBI was investigating this because it was reported as a hate crime. But now it turns out that she's the one that set the fire herself. And she was like, um, she, she was like, uh, like, uh, the city, like awarded her like citizen of the year award or something like this. And so they're like, what's going on with all this stuff? And so she, um, works at a, <laughs> well, people call it a church, but St. John's United Church of Christ. So many things wrong with that name. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, we won't talk about that apostate organization. Um, but you know, apparently like her coworkers were saying allegedly, um, that she was disappointed that, that she, this whole thing that, that there, she felt that there wasn't enough. She was frustrated because there wasn't enough attention on gay rights, activism, activism. Um, and so she was disappointed that when they had the Jackson pride parade and festival, that no one protested them. <laughs> What? She's upset because nobody protested. So if you ever had any doubts that there is an activist industry in this country, this story is all you need to hear. So they, because the city had passed a non-discrimination law, making it illegal to discriminate against gay people. So she got the things she wanted. The gay people in that town, they got what they wanted. They got laws passed. They got legal protection against discrimination. And the result was disappointment. <laughs> they were, she was upset that they weren't protesting. That, that I guess there weren't enough hate crimes or there weren't any hate crimes. There must not have been any. If you have to invent hate crimes, then there's obviously a shortage of hate crimes. There aren't enough hate crimes to meet the demand, apparently, of the activists. So she had to create a hate crime. This is all sounding familiar. Um, because she's disappointed that nobody protested. Because if you work in the activist industry, and this is where you get your identity, then if you actually solve the problem you're an activist for, then you'd have to go out and get a real job like everyone else. So there always has to be an aggrieved group or otherwise what's an activist going to do? And, and so 
part of this is, again, the Frankfurt School, where you want to segregate people into groups, and you want to have them fighting each other, and you want to disrupt society so that you can tear it down from within, and then that's how communists take over countries. And so it's just funny to see um, all this uh, identity politics um, and all this other stuff, these fake hate crimes, and people disappointed that there isn't enough hate. <laughs> because if you're a Marxist that's trying to topple the government by toppling the culture, and people actually get along with each other, um, then your plans go awry. So it just shows you all these high-minded, lofty, oh, we're for fairness and rights, and but it isn't about that at all. It's how do you tear down the country so that you can uh, take over the country and so a small group of Marxists uh, can control everything, just like they did in the Soviet Union, just like they've done every place uh, where Marxists take over. That's why they have to build walls to keep people in their country rather than out. That's why they have to have secret police. That's why they have to have military, all this stuff. Um, so that was just um, amusing that that's, that's where it's gotten to now. So yes, activist industry, industry. So with all, uh, with all that entertainment, um, I don't know if you caught this last week. Um, and this is, this is a thing. So all those other things are kind of interesting and, you know, keep your radar up for what's going on. But this, this, uh, next story, um, Actually, here's where you can kind of see the devil uh, really doing his work. So, um, President Trump uh, came out this past week. I'm trying to bring up, uh, I guess it was about a week ago. Did you hear about this? Uh, trying to push to uh, out, uh, a new campaign uh, to decriminalize homosexuality worldwide. Because there's like 72 countries where, uh, like, gay marriage is illegal, uh, homosexuality is illegal. And so Trump came out last week uh, as part of this, uh, you know, global effort to decriminalize um, homosexuality and gay marriage and things like that. So, wow, where to start with this? So, I mean, first of all, talk about cultural imperialism. What happened to the sovereignty of nations? Can you imagine if a bunch of countries got together and told us what our laws should be? I mean, just the arrogance to think that, you know, a bunch, and of course it's uh, mostly the Western world backing this whole thing. Um, the countries they're going after are in Africa, uh, the Middle East, the Caribbean. Um, but the, just the chutzpah <laughs> to say, you know what, we're going to tell you what your laws should be. Uh, but this isn't new. Obama did this too. Um, there were countries on a list who didn't uh, allow gay marriage, for example. Uh, and uh, so the United States would limit their involvement and in their interaction and their aid to those countries. Well, one of those countries was Nigeria. And back when you had the uh, Boko Haram, the Muslim terrorist group in sub-Saharan Africa, when they were, you know, killing people, they still are killing people and doing all these things. But at this particular time, it was um, when they kidnapped those schoolgirls 
um, there's just a, a huge group of schoolgirls and, you know, force them to force them to get married, quote unquote, um, just to give them uh, the terrorist cover for raping these girls. And um, the United States limited the amount of help that they would provide for the Nigerian government to track down where Boko Haram was. Because we've got satellites, we've had, we have intelligence, we have a whole bunch of stuff around this. Um, but the, but you know, the United States um, limited that and what they were willing to do. It was, uh, I'm trying to find the name of the uh, congressman that reported on this because he went over, he was part of the group from the United States that went over, uh, I believe, um, there was also an army uh, spokesman. Uh, I'm trying to get at this. This is back when uh, Goodluck Jonathan was uh, president. Um, army Colonel Steve Warren. Um, they had uh, intelligence that they had gathered uh, from surveillance flights uh, over Nigeria because they were trying to find these schoolgirls. Um, but... Uh, the, the the data the data wasn't shared. At this point, we are not sharing raw intelligence data. And it's like, huh. Um, and this happened with the latest president too, who's a Muslim guy, and he said, uh, when, uh, you know, we don't, uh, yeah, we don't do that. We don't do uh, gay marriage here. Uh, it's against our culture. But I mean, so this isn't anything new. Um, that the president's doing, our current president. Um, but the fact that they're pushing this stuff, that they're pushing sin, not just in our country, but at the same time that, you know, what we talk about democracy and um, all this other stuff and um, sovereignty and yada, yada, you know, we've have to, we have to protect our borders because, you know, we have to protect our country. And yet we're going to presume to tell other countries what their laws should be and to change their culture and, and on what? On sin. These other countries should embrace sin the way we've embraced sin. Why? So that they can make God mad and be set up for punishment also? I, I mean, it's, it's terrible. And so this, this uh, new thing that uh, Trump's a part of, this was, I'm trying to bring up the... Uh, so one of the people leading this is his um, the U.S. ambassador to, ambassador to Germany, uh, Richard Grinnell, uh, who's an openly gay man. Um, and yeah, they had strategy meetings with European activists. There we go. Um, and so it's yeah zero tolerance uh, policy for anti-gay laws. So the United States it. it it's bad enough that we, as a nation, promote sin around the world. I, I, is there a corner of this planet uh, that can escape American culture? I mean, really. Movies, television, music, everybody around the world. Is, how do you wind up with, like, rappers in, you know, the Central Asian steppes uh, or the Middle East and all this other stuff? It, American culture. Why do why does the whole world know American movies or TV shows? 
They're translated into languages all over the planet. And so this country already exports violence, profanity, lewdness, just through our media. Not to mention other foreign policy things we do. And now this, um, this abomination that again, Romans 1, you look how far away a society is from God by looking where, looking at where um, this particular sin of homosexuality is down that list. Um, and now we're pushing that around the world. You look at the persecution that's happening to Christians in China. One of the reasons the Chinese government uh, says they're doing this is because they want to protect Chinese culture from outside influences, and rightly or wrongly, they equate Christianity with the Western world, with the United States and Europe. And so because of that impression, that linking, they've really been clamping down on Chinese Christians, um, ostensibly as a way to protect their own Chinese culture. We know the devil's behind that, and he's just out to attack God's people. Um, but this is the means by which he's doing it. So this effect of American culture around the world is significant, and it's leading the whole world into sin. Really, it's it's only by God's mercy that um, that it isn't rain and fire and brimstone on this country right now. Uh, but if you look at all the things that, like the Chinese and the Russians are doing with uh, their weapons, they have the you know the Chinese have these uh, ways to take out uh, our satellites in space. Uh, the Russians have these hypersonic uh, missiles now. I think they just uh, there was just a story the other day about how the Russians, um, you know, they have a target list of American cities with these hypersonic missiles. They can knock us out in five minutes. And I don't know if you saw that thing on the. Poseidon uh, bomb they have. It's uh, I think it's launched from a submarine, but it stays underwater. A hundred megaton nuclear weapon. hundred megaton. And the whole point of it, and I think it's spiked with um, uh, cobalt. I can't remember the, the number. Cobalt 98 or 96, uh, which is particularly radioactive. And the whole goal of this is to detonate it in water so that you basically have a little mini tsunami, but it throws up all this water and all this um, dirt from the ocean floor, and it spreads over a huge, huge uh, area, and it basically irradiates people. It's the radiation that kills them. So for a country that's pretty vulnerable and has a lot of enemies, um, it's amazing how we keep pushing God. Uh, regardless, despite the fact that he's been so merciful to us and he hasn't wiped us out yet. Um, long overdue, though. Uh, but he's patient, mercifully so. But now we're going to go ahead and push um, abominable sin on other countries and, and what, withhold aid or help or trade uh, from them until they adopt this wickedness as well? There's a great uh, couple of verses in Matthew chapter 18, verses, let's see where it is, 6 and 7. 
But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. So it's interesting that Africa is one of these targets, because in another decade or so, I think Africa is supposed to have the largest Christian population in the world as a continent. And I think uh, um, the growth you see in Christianity is happening in Africa. And, of course, uh, right along with that, the devil's busy. And that's where you see all these Muslim groups and all these uh, Africans being persecuted, these African Christians. Um, so uh, between that and China, where you also see, I think China is going to be the largest Christian nation in the world uh, in just a couple of decades. So praise God in the midst of all uh, this persecution. Uh, he's saving people in those places. Um, but you wonder if he's um, turned uh, us over to our sins. I don't know how one uh, would avoid thinking that. If you look at the condition we're in, and it's bad enough that we're wallowing in our sins, but now we are actively, actively trying to push our sins onto other nations and other peoples to get them to go along. Talk about doing the devil's work. We're tempting others by trying to normalize sin and forcing entire countries, entire societies to accept sin. Wow. A millstone hung around our necks. Woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. We are just um, we are just storing up wrath against ourselves as a nation. And so maybe if we wind up with a Marxist government um, who bankrupts us and tries to shut down Christianity, well, maybe that's, number one, what we deserve. But number two, maybe that's the only way for people in this country to realize how much they need Jesus. Maybe if we suffer persecution in this country, that the church will grow here again rather than going the other direction, which is what has been happening. Maybe that's what we need. Maybe it's God's way of uh, showing mercy to us eventually. But uh, first, we might need the millstone. So yeah, there's plenty of wickedness on both sides of the aisle. Um, it's just sad to see that um, this is what this country is promoting now and what it's about. Anyway, keep praying. Keep praying big time. Uh, we need help and pray for uh, Christians around the world who are suffering and um, uh, whose societies uh, may suffer and may have to deal with even more sin uh, because of this country. That's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, feel free to email us podcast at jesusforsinners.com and be sure and tell all your friends we're here. We'll see you again real soon. I'll try not to make it a week this time. Take care, everyone. Good night. God bless.